Hi, I'm Bill. And I'm Anastas. And we are the Uncommon Wealth Podcast. Make sure to be aware of your surroundings when you listen to our podcast. Don't have it on speaker mode. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll say stuff that'll make you if feel if a little uncomfortable. If your grandparents are in the car, you might want to never turn us on, um, or your children, or your spouses, if yeah. you're embarrassed by that. Though if you're a spouse or partner and you can't share us with them, then I think your relationship's doomed to fail, honestly. Sharing is caring. You got to tell them everything about who you listen to on podcasts and yeah. if they make you feel all weird inside. And we hope our voices make you feel weird inside. <laughs> oh, Bill. So we're going to have a pretty fun episode, I yeah, it's think, gonna be, at least. I think so. I'm really excited for this episode, honestly. It's a nice dip into pop culture, which we haven't had yeah. enough of yet, which, I don't no, think. No, we haven't really. And a nice little dip into LGBTQ community as well. Yep. And uh, just Pennsylvania influencing the rest of the country, really. Yeah, yeah it's, it's some... Some cool stuff. Um, we're gonna do Andy Warhol today. Andy Warhol. Yeah. You know what they say? Andy is dandy, but liquor is quicker. Is that where did you get that from? You texted that me like early in the week. You never I, heard the it? saying "candy is dandy, but liquor is quicker." No, I, I know like the beer before liquor, you're gonna get sicker. Oh, right. Is that? I mean, yeah, that that's a thing too. That's oh. that's like, but no, nah, you never heard that. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it's a thing. Like my, my nursery rhymes didn't have alcohol. Dude, that's definitely not a nursery rhyme. It was like oh. an ad campaign. Oh, for like a liquor or for a candy? Uh, for liquor. Well, and Andy Warhol has has a great name, right? Andy. Yeah. yeah. Andy is dandy. I've never heard that. I, I, you ever I, heard of the band Dandy Warhols? No. Yeah. Took their name from Andy Warhol. Not as cultured as you are. I just know a lot of stupid shit. Not stupid, just a lot of random facts. Have you been to the Warhol Museum? I know I you, not, you haven't been to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I have not. Um, I should probably go though. Like, yeah, I was. It's like, more of like the five things to do in Pittsburgh that like everyone, <laughs> no that came yeah, out me. Listeners are going to hate you. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, in terms of like, all right, every kind of Expedia list, or like, right, what to do in Pittsburgh. Right. And, and like, that's like Andy number, Warhol's like number three every time. Really? Where are the first two? I don't know. The Bridges and Hines Stadium? Probably that little Point Park thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe Kennywood. What the hell's Kennywood? It's uh amusement park. So this, this shows how much we know about Pittsburgh then, right? I mean, I knew some stuff. <laughs> I knew Kenny would at least. Uh, you turd burglar. We're gonna we're gonna talk about it. we talked about Fred Rogers earlier in the big, big uh, dumb idiot in our podcast history. So this is our second biggest Pittsburghian. Yeah. Um, I guess we just like to pull our celebs from Pittsburgh. Yeah, we'll we'll get some Philly ones though. Oh, we'll get them from all over. Davy Jones lived in Central PA for a while. Did he die in Central PA? Did he like? Dude, he may have. I think it seems like a really common retiring. Like I'm gonna go and spend the last four or five years of my life, and then just. In central Pennsylvania. And they just like melt into the ground. <laughs> Jessica Jones is from central PA. The character? What? The, the actress. Ah, gotcha. So what, is, what, are you, what experiences do you actually have with Andy Warhol? Like, did you, are you familiar with his work? So just the basic ones everyone's seen, like the soup cans. Right. But the, um, the Marilyn. Mine actually came through music. The, uh, okay. Through the Velvet Underground. So just seeing that album cover. And his name is literally just written like all over that album cover. So it's really obvious. Right. Like, you, you can't miss it. But yeah, I mean, mostly just through music and Velvet Underground. In terms of just him as a person, never really watched any of his movies because they're all weird as anything. You know? Yeah. They're not fun viewing experiences. No, it's not like watching Pink Flamingos. It's not like watching... It's, it's like what? original Pink Flamingos almost. Almost, it's, yeah. It's, it's wild stuff. John uh, Waters stole it. But... Yeah, I I didn't expect a Pink Flamingos reference in the podcast. Sorry. Just Google it, everyone. Just have fun with it. Don't hold those chickens. Don't hold those. Uh, right. so, yeah, yeah, I mean, not too much. I, it was really fun researching him. Just yeah, like, he's fascinating. Super pretentious. 
Oh yeah, super, just, super duper pretentious. But just, like, I think like probably genuinely a good person. Honestly, he probably seemed like the kind of guy that would be super fun to hang out with for like an hour, and then after that, you're like, oh my god, this guy is nonstop. <laughs> like, I can't. This is do him this anymore. <laughs> I can't be on all the time. I just can't <laughs> yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's why we do podcasts and not stand up. <laughs> Uh, you want to start with his life? Yeah, let's start, let's start with his let's, life, Let's though. crack into it. So he was born August 6, 1928, in Pittsburgh. Um, to I, I think it's Andre. Uh, Andre, it's Andre. But Warhola, Warhola, Warhola? Warhola. Warhola. It's got to be Warhola, right? It's got to be Warhola, right? Warhola, like, that doesn't sound <laughs> like an right. Austro-Hungarian name. Right, and uh, his mother was Julia. Um, they were both immigrants from the Austro-Hungarian Empire, which was, like, still kind of around at that point. Right. Um... They were working class Lemko immigrants. Uh, Lemkos are an ethnic group from. I'm gonna fucking don't butcher even, don't this. Even try. Nope, I'm gonna try. try it. All right, go for it. I think it's Lemkivskna. So, as most poor immigrants do, they turn to God. Yeah, they they they're they were Ruthenian Catholics. Ruthenian, basically like the Byzantines. The oh yeah, that's fake, they were they're Byzantine fake Orthodox Christians. Oh, I saw, of, I'm Eastern Orthodox, and they're, it's basically, uh, they take a lot of similar similar um, rituals, or okay. whatever you would call them, rites, but they're just, they, yeah. they keep some, they're basically just... You know there's like 23 I, There's Eastern a bunch, churches. there's a lot of Eastern churches, but it's a it's a mixture of like the East, Greek with Eastern Orthodox right. and just Roman Catholic. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, because like yeah. they use the Byzantine, right? There's a lot of Eastern... Um, Eastern Orthodox and just Eastern religions in general in, in Pittsburgh, actually. Do you know, there's actually a bunch... No, I shouldn't say a bunch. Well, yeah, no, there's a bunch in the coal region near where I grew up. Really? Um, you could always tell, like, the churches are, the have big the, domes and the domes and stuff, yeah. Because there's a lot of Eastern Europeans that emigrated for coal mining. Cool. Yeah. Um, it's, it's it's such an amazing, like, immigration story in Pennsylvania. It's really Yeah, it's, nice. it's an odd mix. Well, not odd, but very mixed. Yeah. So then he went to... So while Warhol's dad was slugging it out in the mines, he was at school. Pretty uneventful until third grade when he contracted uh, Sindaham's Chorea. I think it's Chorea. Um, this is also known as St. Vitus Dance. And that's because it's a nervous system disease which causes involuntary movements of the extremities and face. So just like a constant like seizure type of deal? Or? I, I think so, yeah. I, I Maybe not quite seizure, but more like tics, I think, gotcha. kind of. from. I, I should have looked up some videos, actually. That uh, sounds like a terrifying thing you'd see in a horror movie. You know, would you see like right. the, the stop motion act, you know, like, arm there, movements, there. like a marionette? All right, you're doing like a like a popping and crunking thing. That's what that was. Well, it just said Saint Vita stands. <laughs> yeah, but like this was really important in his kind of beginning art stages, right? Right. Yeah. So he got confined to bed a lot during this time, and it's here where he started to like draw, listen to the radio, and he started collecting pictures of movie stars. This is where he really got his like. Such a fame whore, man. I was going to say fetish. Yeah, he's got he's, a movie star fetish to a yeah. degree. Like, he's obsessed with fame. Well, obviously, you, know, you mentioned a couple episodes ago that I'm really media-consume-y. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I am, too. I, yeah, I was just busted. We all are. But that's who he was, though. He consumed that's a lot of media. all he did. He just consumed media like a fucking yeah. sea sponge. They don't... They don't suck anything. It's a, They're an animal. Yeah, well, they suck in water for food. Oh, do they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I knew that. And then they poop out the same. Oh, no, that's a cucumber. That's <laughs> a cucumber. Anyway. Uh, not a marine biologist. No, you're not. But to go back to the, re- the relevant part of the podcast, this is where he gained his eye for commercialism. 
Yeah. And he used that in his, in his art, in his pop art. We'll, we'll talk about that and later. He, he would go back and say, like, this was a very important, important stage in his development, like, for his skill set, for his personality, like, what he preferred. Yeah, like, and, I mean, this was a rough part of his life anyway. Yeah, this is... Uh, like, this early part, and this probably helped uh, him get through a lot of it, honestly. I mean, yeah, well, his dad died when he was 13. Um, so, I saw two different causes... Okay. And I couldn't, I searched quite a while. Like, I kind of got mad I couldn't find anything. Right, down the, down the rabbit hole. I've Dude, I was like in obituary trying to find family trees and stuff. So there's just a mysterious accident, in quotations. Or there's liver de- disease from potential alcoholism. Do you think it have been in the mines? So like probably accident, the probably the mines. If it, liver disease from alcoholism, not shocking. Mm-hmm. And that time period. Do you think they would like put that in the obituary though? Do you think they would... No. Like, like say, oh, yeah, th- this is relevant enough. Like, like, everyone was drinking. Everyone probably had liver disease. No, it's true, too. Either, either way, it's mysterious as shit, but, like, like to weird. him... It, it, to, Maybe to, he was in with the Pittsburgh Mafia. I, I don't think so, man. Hey, man, I've seen Rocky. You've done the research. This is nothing, that never came up. We're, we're journalists. We're journalists? Are we? No. No, we're not journalists. We're like, but we're researchers. We're, like, amateur historians, amateur historians, basically. And, like, no, he did not... <laughs> no, fuck you, Bill. Hey, man. I'm just throwing theories out at this point. I don't like a mystery. Can we can we give a quick shot to to Pitt? So he graduated high school in '45, and he won a bunch of his classic awards for art. Yeah, but he wanted to go to Pitt. Yeah, he did want to go to Pitt. But he didn't go to Pitt, did he, Bill? Nope. Where did he go? He went to Carnegie Institute of Technology, which is now Carnegie Mellon, which is a really good school. So Carnegie, I just I just say Carnegie, and it's just Carnegie. I know that's how they say it out there and where you're from, but. Like, is that how the Pittsburghians say it? Pittsburghers? Carnegie? Dude, I don't know. I have no idea. Because I, I, I think they say a Carnegie, but either no, way... No, they definitely do, because I had Carnegie. a professor in college who went out there for school. I think he went to Duquesne, yeah. and he definitely said Carnegie. See, it's funny, because that's where they're from, so they're right. Yeah. They're correct. We're wrong. I mean, you're wrong. I'm wrong. I'm Carne- saying it correctly. Carnegie. <laughs> anyway, he went to Carnegie Mellon, or Carnegie Institute of Technology, and uh, he studied his art there, didn't he? Yeah, so originally when he wanted to go to Pitt, he wanted to go for art education. Completely different track at Carnegie uh, Institute of Technology. He'd been a fucking bitch-ass teacher, though, wouldn't he? Yeah, he probably would have been a real fucking cool teacher. Um, he studied commercial art, cool. uh, which is like advertisement. Then he, well, there he joined the Modern Dance Club and the Bow Art Society. He became the art director of the student art magazine, Carno. Yeah, like Carnegie, like Carn. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's cute. Yeah, it's all right. Carnal. I th- ours was Kern said SU, so, or something yeah. like that. That's cooler. Carno is cooler. Yeah, Carno's better. Well, Kern's because the river, Susquehanna River. Oh, so, gotcha. Well, this is like mildly clever. Eh. Uh, but that was in 48. Um, he illustrated a cover in 48 and a full page interior illustration in 49. And these are believed to be his first two published artworks. I want to know what they were. I kind of, I looked around yeah. for him a little bit. I couldn't find them. I'm sure, just like a lot of his work, it's sitting in some like oh, it's definitely some billionaire's yeah. like ha- <laughs> hallway or something. Absolutely worth like seven million dollars. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. It's probably okay. it was probably shitty too. God, I wish I was talented. Right. Uh, he got his bachelor of fine arts in '49, so that means he was doing that stuff as a junior or senior, actually yeah. senior into junior, probably. Which that's not super surprising. Then never mind. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he was talented. I, you know, yeah, yeah. Talent, like, talent comes out. Most people didn't go to college in this time. You know, like, yeah. That wasn't, that wasn't like now where no. I think over 60% of people go to college or something like that. After graduation, he moved to New York to pursue a career in commercial and advertising art. Mm-hmm. Uh, his first commission was to draw shoes for Glamour magazine. And apparently, like, he drew them really whimsically. Mm-hmm. And 
some of the people at Glamour would be like, what the fuck are you doing? I don't want my Peter but, Pan shoes out of here. What are you doing with these Peter Pan well, shoes? So here's the thing. Israel Miller, the one who was designing the shoe, like drawing them for, loved it. He was like, that's fine. They're going to sell the fuck out of these shoes. Which is, guy, that's, that's pretty neat. Yeah, well, it, it, that's goes to show like it's really important to have one person in your corner. Right. Like if that dude didn't do that, he, he's, oh, he's he, out he, on his he, ass, he it, dude. Exactly. Like this is like, never happened. Like everybody else in New York, like struggling. Yeah. Oh man. These uh whimsical drawings showed up in the Bodley Gallery in New York. Uh, mm-hmm. It's where some of his first art was shown. Okay. It was during this time in the fifties then that he started to develop his uh, silkscreen printmaking techniques along with painting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he developed his blotted line technique. Which is, I guess he would apply ink to paper and then blot the ink while still wet. Yeah. So I like I'm not an artiste, nor do I claim to be an artiste expert. Mm-hmm. But I like his paintings. So <laughs> it, it I, th- I don't good. know where you're gonna go with that. I was um, just... like, I'm not gonna try. But, I'm not gonna try and explain techniques. Yeah, is what I'm that, gonna get to. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad you could at least explain that much because I was trying to when I was doing my my part. I was just really trying to struggle with. How do I explain exactly what he does? And I think that's a good way to put it. I mean, it's just blotting ink while right. it's while it's getting while it's wet. While it's wet. Blah, 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 blah. I'm sure he didn't make that noise. Well, dude, he, he was weird as shit. He probably, he probably did. made some noises. He probably did. During the '50s, he also began his like practice of tracing photographs using an epididioscope, uh, which is basically just a big ass projector yeah. like you used in school. Yeah, yeah. Like, do you remember having getting to go up to do the like right on, on the, the projector? All the math problems. Yeah, stuff? I hated that because I, like. One, it meant that I was going to get my multiplication tables wrong. And two, like, it's just there for everyone to see. It's eight times so, bigger than your writing. And it's just like, all right, Anastas is wrong when it comes to multiplication when you, tables. When you went up for your multiplication tables and they asked you, like, what does what was six times nine? Did you just write nice? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Probably just pissed myself in fear. That's what I did. <laughs> I don't, what's six times nine? No, I don't fucking know. The smell of ammonia. Do you not know what six times nine is? No, what is it, Bill? 54. Great. Fan-fucking-tastic. <laughs> I'm so, Oh, buddy. I'm not in math mode, Bill. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. I don't know about tables. Do you? What's six times nine? <laughs> 54. No, it's nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> How much is this am I going to edit out, Bill? Huh? I don't know. I thought that was pretty funny, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but when he was doing this, he started to play with like shading and contours. Mm-hmm. So he changed. He would change like subjects and how we view them. Right. He was then hired by RCA. Like he's he started to get some fame now. Right. Um, and he's hired by RCA Records uh, to design album covers and promotional materials. In the '60s, his work is begun to be shown in galleries in both New York and LA. LA's huge. Like that's such a big jump for him. Mm-hmm. And he's it's when he goes out there, he really like. His fame, or not his fame, his like celebrity. Well, he gets the tickle. At, he gets the tickle goes, at fetish, right? You right. Know? Yeah. Exactly. Like he just starts going nuts for celebrities. Like he's always like he just wants to be at their parties, at their houses, and stuff like that. Which, like, I get it. I guess. Yeah. I mean, whatever. If that's that's like I said, that's to teach. To teach them. That that was his thing. Yeah. Actually, it's during this time in the '60s then when he starts to do the paintings of everyday objects and famous individuals. So like mm-hmm. he was out there doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, portraits and stuff and the everyday objects which you're going to cover some more right in december of 62 moma hosts a symposium on pop art uh, we're going to get into pop art here in the next section but warhol and other artists were attacked for being capitulatory that's not a word 
No, for, the, for being for being for, for, for pushing consumerism. Yeah, for pushing consumerism. Which oh. it's funny because I just uh, I don't want to cut you off there, but yeah, there it it's almost like it obviously misses the point. You know? Yeah. Because because like it was ironic. Well, it was ironic because pop art's all about all right. I could draw beautiful representations of emotions, or I could just draw this lamp. Right. Or I could draw this. Like I could draw of, fucking anything. Fucking Coca Cola. You know? This cup. This lighter on the windowsill. Yeah, and. You know, Which also like fucking still lifes existed forever. Yeah, I, it's kind of bullshit to. You want to talk about Caravaggio's like fruit? It's, right, it's exactly. Bit, it's know? the same fucking thing. But it, it just, I mean, he was an outsider, and then right. he became he became he the became it guy. In. Yeah, and, and critics don't like that. Props to him, man. Yeah, Fuck those people. Poor kid from Pittsburgh. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So they hated him. Yeah. But he said fuck him. Um, actually, he was really sensitive. He probably didn't like. Yeah, he probably didn't like it. But I mean, like his it. his work, show, you know, yeah. his work spoke for him. And all he takes is have a community that recognizes you. Right, be- which he became, which he did. He he built a community around him too. He became a name that everyone. My parents know he's. My parents oh, yeah. don't know anything about art at all. And they're like, oh, Andy Warhol. So then in '64, he did a, this big exhibit with five other prominent pop artists. Uh, it's called the American Supermarket, mm-hmm. and it's presented like I I think it was like a walk in space, honestly. Yeah. And it's presented as a typical supermarket, but all the contents were created by the artist. And this was the challenge to the public be like, what is art? Which I'm sure like you were an English major. You definitely took an aesthetics and interpretation class and yeah. like had this argument. And we're not going to do it right now. Maybe we'll have another offshoot podcast. Yeah, we'll do it off off the air, I guess. But. Yeah. This collaboration, he was he's collaborated a lot throughout his career. And apparently mm-hmm. like not everybody, it was a little controversial because mm-hmm. people were like, well, where does the credit go who actually did this who had the idea and like andy oh my Warhol's God, name's the biggest name he's like kanye west no seriously that's yeah. like now i mean obviously amongst the other stupid shit kanye west does one of the one of his uh styles is being a collaborative guy and he's a producer and he's also you know doing guest spots but you know juggling a bunch of stuff and you can yeah. never really listen to a song though oh yeah that was that's a kanye song or that's someone else it's just a whole mess yeah not mad. I mean, not I, like, mad. I like his music, but, but you know, it's it's it's, was, yeah. it's not like it's this is a very clearly a song by someone. It's right. It's, it's a like, whole group oh, effort. This is Kanye, Ti, Chance, Childish. Well, probably not Childish, but did you say Ti? Yeah. What? <laughs> I don't know where that reference. I don't know why. Oh, because I was listening to Swagger Like Us earlier. Oh my God! What? <laughs> It's it's because no one on the corner got swagger like us. It's a lot like the Travis Scott album where it's just so many names. It's so many names. Not, you know, you don't know what it is. Anyway, what the? F- <laughs> you don't like Ti? No, just like that was like maybe top five whitest things I've ever heard Joe say <laughs> in my life. I don't I don't know why I said Ti. Uh, it's fine. So <laughs> let's let's move on. How about that? Yeah. So well, he, he he had a, a big incident in uh, in dude, the late sixties. Yeah, sixty eight. Have you ever seen American Horror Story? It's in that. I actually new, don't the, watch American Horror Story. Uh, well, the most recent season has maybe like a three-episode plotline that About deals this? with it. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Because I always thought like they're real fanciful and whatnot. Oh, yeah, but it's it ties in with another subplot about like uh, cults. But okay. Anyway, welcome, welcome to Uncommonwealth Podcast, our yes. fan cast about our, our <laughs> American Horror Story. <laughs> it was. It's you. You would probably enjoy it. But anyway, um, um, it's it's in that. So okay, <laughs> getting back to Andy Warhol. On June 3rd, 1968, uh, radical feminist writer Valerie Solanos, uh, she shot Warhol and art critic slash curator Mario Amaya at Warhol studio. At the factory. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll it, talk about it, it later. Yep. Yeah. It was at the factory, but I didn't want to. Yuck my yum. Uh, yeah. Undercut I don't me. steal your thunder. You want to. You want to. I want to put the cart before the horse. I say that a lot. You do. 
it's really it's a really sweet thing you say because like apple carts are adorable and bills is bills an apple, apple cart what's it card of bill it was apples is right yeah go fuck yourself bill. all right keep going apple seeds cart <laughs> anyway he walked um so she was a fringe member of Warhol's group at the factory. She wrote this play or, or, or screenplay rather, uh, the Scum Manifesto. Uh, no, I'm sorry, the Manifesto was a book, but it advocated for the removal of all men. Mm-hmm. And then she actually fil- appeared in one of Warhol's films, "I a Man." But she she had this script at his fa- at the factory, and she came earlier in the day and like she wanted it back. And she was told, oh, like, I've got to find it. Come back later and I'll give it to you. Right. So she was like, she went home, got this fucking gun. and was like, Andy Warhol has too much control over my life. Like, direct quote of what she said. Right. Went and shot Amaya. Like, and he escaped with pretty minor injuries. Right. Shot Warhol pretty badly. Yeah. Like. uh, It affected him his whole life. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's bad. Like. She got dick diagnosed with. She got dicked. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not editing that out. She, she, <laughs> she's a she got dicked feminist. and then was really mad at she Warhol did, because. Got, she, I but, mean, yeah, uh, but she was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. Yeah, uh, and then sentenced to three years under the control of the Department of Corrections, which seems pretty light for like years? almost killing Andy yeah, Warhol, right? a celebrated like person. Oh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter if you celebrate or not, but like, but, what the fuck, dude? Like, what the shit? Well. We see how shootings are handled in the country now. All right, all right, no more politics, Bill. I'm done with this shit. I'm done with this flag stuff. I'm done with this. Fuck, fuck, fuck. No, come back. No, no, go. Hey, hey, you dropped your headphones. You almost stepped on your. Hey, wait. Can you bring me a snack? Bye. All right, well, I'm just going to continue here. Um, So Warhol was severely injured. Oh, there he is. Hey, buddy. You mad? You wanted me to say fuck Nazis last time. There he is. Oh, nope. There you go. Hi. Yeah, fuck Nazis. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Bill. Sorry. Um, I got dramatic. Yeah, you bougie little bitch. Amaya was <laughs> admitted to and released from the hospital the same day. Warhol was not. He actually had to undergo surgery. The doctors opened his chest. Zip. Oh. Yep, he has a zipper on his chest. Oh, man. Um, and they massaged his heart to help simulate the heartbeat. Did I say stimulate? Stimulate the heartbeat. Like Mortal Kombat, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that's wild, dude. No, but like, like, yeah, that's how they used to have to do that. died. Like, yeah. And uh, he actually had to wear a medical corset the rest of his life and then had complications from it the rest of his life. But he was still doing some fun shit, though, while he was like a, oh, yeah, for a wounded sure, person. Dude. Like, his 70s were... His 70s Wolf. were great. Like, he basically, like, he kind of stopped doing pop art, honestly. Right. He just did celebrity portraits and just fucking socialized. All he did was go, like, I think that's clubs. code for, like, I just did a lot of blow. He like, definitely I'm did. I'm pretty sure that's what that is. It's like, was Coke so, 70s or 80s more? I don't know. I guess Crack is more than 80s. Thing. I think 70s yeah. was it. Anyway, he, anyway. he was, he was, he's he was just living it up. He's living it up. He was, like, always at Max's Kansas City and Studio 54. Um, he actually co-founded an interview magazine in 75 with Gerard Malonga. Hmm. I think I've seen that. I think it's still around. Yeah, I think it's still around too. And along with Stuart Pivar, he founded the New York Academy of Art in 1979. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so like, it's not, he wasn't just doing blow. He was doing blow and being productive. He's (laughs) much better than DC's (laughs) and Warner Brothers executives. Yeah, much better. 
Uh, and then came his 80s, where he kind of saw both edges of the sword, right? Mm-hmm. He saw, he saw, he saw his acclaim, and he also saw a lot of Christmas stones, right? Right. So like, there were these young emerging artists that were like, "Oh yeah, one Andy Warhol's the fucking shit. I want to yeah, party dude, with that dude." Boscott. Like, yeah, Bascot. Like, um, but then there were others who were like, "He's a fucking sellout. He's a business artist." Which like, dude, he made a shitload of money. He made a shitload and, like, of money, and, and good like, for him. They're just dude. haters, right? He had this quote, something. I'm gonna fuck it up, but I read it yesterday, and I was like, "Oh, this is so fucking good." It's something about like. Art is business, and I'm good at art and business, or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, yeah you dude. get yours." You got his. It's pretty cool. And like, he, what I think was cool is like during all that time, he actually stayed close with his family too. Like they talked and stuff. Like success. Yeah. I'm sure it changed them. It changes everyone. Yeah. So it's your turn. So yeah. Now, now I'm gonna dive into some some good information about what we want to talk about. His artwork. Well, we're gonna talk about everything. We'll talk about everything. But you, we talk about pop art style. And, you know, it's common products that are made the subject of art. You know, they're usually ironic, um, but it was a movement away towards... A little bit ironic? It's a little ironic. Do you really think? It's just a little too ironic. Yeah, I really do think. (laughs) It's like rain. Wait, on your wedding day. What do you... What do you... Alanis Morissette? Ironic? All right. I guess your mom didn't have angst. I, uh, you know, we, we didn't have that album, that one album that she's known for, Bill. Hey, Jesus man. Christ. Jagged Little Pill is fucking gorgeous, and I will fight anyone it's who what, says it's it isn't. It's one of Jan's favorites, I know that. But, um, so, <laughs> this is a great album. Anyway, anyway, so his artwork was was often images that he saw in advertising, and he would subvert the image, uh, and again, usually ironically. He was also known as the Pope of Pop, which it's I really enjoyed. badass nickname. Yeah. But, you know... In just to put some context, the other contemporaries of so pop art style were Michael Jackson. No, no, of the course king not. King of pop, the pope of pop. Pope can tell the king what to do. Yeah, but a king can fight a pope. Popes have armies, or they did. They have a Swiss guard. <laughs> so the um, <laughs> I'm just gonna keep moving. The so Roy, Roy Lichtenstein and Jasper Johns. You know, if, yeah. if you if you know if about part. their artwork, that's that's the kind of yeah. if you are model we're talking about. So one example Lichtenstein's of Lichtenstein's a country. One of, one example of his artwork is the Campbell Soup Can, uh, which was produced in 1962. So again, pretty early on in his career, yeah. uh, there were semi-screen printed designs, which Bill mentioned earlier, and there were 32 individual canvases, uh, each of them 20 by 16. And you know they they would they would be a little different. Some would say like beef, and some would say corn right. or whatever. Um, but the message is to show just the indiscriminate sameness of modern consumerism. I feel like the one I see the most is like. Tomato soup or chicken noodle soup are the ones I would Yeah, the tomato is usually the most common one. Yeah. But when you look at it, you so if they're you see like, them all in one go, like they all look 32, the same, but they're all a little different. They look, they look the same, but they're all slightly different. But at the same time, the sameness is is the point. Like, you know, you talk about uh, a fruit basket or like a Monet painting right. or a Cezanne. You look at everything and no two Cezanne's are alike. <laughs> Phil, I'm never going to get through this. I'm too, <laughs> Sorry. I don't have to edit another hour and a half podcast you're right you're right, you're right yeah. <laughs> but sorry anyway no, it's okay. uh you know but you look at that way in context of the fruits and all that you look at the same product as you would in the in a store right you know it's the sameness of consumerism of our modern 1960s lifestyle and it's really weighs on someone and a lot of people that criticize them miss that point that it's about Looking at your life and how rough it is to drive in a, a, a huge highway packed with cars with the same kind of cars, going to the same kind of jobs, wearing the same kind of clothes. And, you know, he, he put he put that yeah. on, on 
on a beautiful painting that everyone had to look at and had to analyze. Were any of them Campbell's chunky chick with Donovan McNabb? <laughs> off, off my soapbox I go, but uh, you know another um, another example of his paintings. It's in the same year he had the Marilyn Monroe one, where it's right. uh, I don't know Don't's how to pronounce that. Uh, diptych. Di- diptych is yeah. that how you pronounce it? Yeah, diptych is um, two. Where two. diptych is three. Gotcha. Is that Latin? You know I don't know. I, I don't know. Regardless, so he made the Marilyn diptych, and uh, it's basically a diptych is like when you have something with two sides that are hinged, kind of like a notebook or like a like a dual frame mm. picture frame. Yeah, that's exactly what. Um, uh, but yeah, he. I mean, you know what I put in my dual picture frames? <laughs> what do you put in your dual picture frames, Bill? Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. Yay! <laughs> it's not what you expected. I thought you were gonna go bad, but yeah. So also beer. Also beer. Uh, but it was made in the you know coming weeks after Monroe's death. So obviously we talk about how obsessed he was with celebrities. I don't know if he knew Monroe. I'd be I, really I curious to see. I don't think I'd, he did. I probably not like well. Yeah. If they may have like brushed paths probably i mean we could be totally wrong and they're like best buds but regardless i don't think i don't think they were either i didn't see anything like in what i was researching he was a fan though he was oh he was definitely a fan uh so he he made it in her honor uh it's it's an image of her face it's a silkscreen painting there's 50 images total 25 on the left 25 on the right the left side is all color the right side is all black and white it's all grayscale and again you mentioned just like with the campbell soup they're all a little different not in terms of writing or content, it's all the same image, but there's a little more shading on one, there's uh, more saturation on some other ones, and obviously the grayscale one is grayscale, and there's right. variations in shadows and work there. And, you know, it, it's it's a really it's a really cool way to put the same kind of idea of, like, here's a bunch of feel, same things, you know, and that was a big common thing he did. Basically, if you're, if you're trying to picture it, picture any freshman dorm. Yeah, somebody, it's that image, it's yeah. that image, everyone's got that. And it's a cool image too. It is a cool image. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm busting on freshmen for all being the same. Yeah. But I think he would too, actually. But yeah, he'd he, also be really happy with the sales. Yeah. Well, and he also, so he mainly did screen printing, uh, and he actually made that really popular. Yeah. Uh, he also used, you know, oxidation as part of the the uh, screen printing. He used his own urine to oxidize the paintings. It, just like just like the just proposed like the, disposed of p tapes, but P-tapes. he would he would use his urine to oxidize, which is really funny when you, when you think about like. Some, some wet work. Billi- no, some billionaire spending $20 million on a painting that he pissed on. Like, right. It's wild. That's actually fucking hilarious. That's absolutely wild. You know, and it's, <laughs> Fuck um, the 1%. Unless I become the 1%. Well, and, then it's, and then the it's just, just rolling over the people, right? With an iron fist. <laughs> so that's, that's his painting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also an avid filmmaker. Between 1963 and 68, he made over 60 films. That's fucking insane. I'm going to talk through a couple of these, and there's he made a lot of them, and they're all weird Do you shit. want me to not interrupt you? No, 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 it's okay. I'll just, just, just for the listener, that there's a shitload. But in 63, he made a film called Sleep, where he monitors his lover's sleep for six hours. So it's a six-hour film focused on this one person sleeping, and I don't it's think fucking like creepy. That. I don't it, Dude, like being weird. filmed or watching that's that. Really, I don't know if it was consented to. I have no idea. But ooh, ooh. in in '64, he made the movie Blowjob, which is a 35 minute single frame film depicting a person's face while they're receiving oral sex. Huh. So it's it's focused on their face. Yeah. There's no. Well, they're just gonna blow it for like half an hour. I think I'm pretty sure it's a half. Yeah, it's 35 minutes, and it's just like so weird. It seems. Did you watch it? But you no, I did it. not watch it. I, I don't. It. It's All art. This, it's high art. It's quotes art. Oh my god! So in so speaking of weird shit, sex is beautiful. Honestly, sex is beautiful, Bill. In '64, uh, he made he made the film Empire, which is again eight hours long, 
and it's just a frame of the Empire State Building at dusk. I would. Oh, basically just all the whole nighttime. I would. Eight yeah. hours. Time, people do time lapse videos now. Yeah, but that's like without the time lapse. <laughs> he was a pioneer. Honestas <laughs> is what I'm saying. So I, I'm gonna. Uh, so my favorite one that he did. I, I haven't like seen the Empire this. State Building that much. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous, but it's I don't like, think I stayed there for eight hours though. My favorite one that he did though was uh, 1964's Batman Dracula. No, which he really actually got see this. he got permission from dc comics well, i don't think you can it's not available it's, it's kind of lost vault. it's well oh, like it's lost, lost. lost well there's some clips of it that are in the documentary mm-hmm. uh, about him i believe but the thing you can't find it anywhere commercially but I mean, he, it, he did get permission and it's known as the first uh, campy batman which it might be one of the earliest films in full stop for batman movie. uh probably it was, it was two hours it was a full-length yeah. film <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's Dude, he I watched a big... the shit out of that movie. But again, consumerism. Okay. He was big on culture. He's big well, on right. pop culture. Like, and, and but Batman was huge. Batman's yeah. huge. And like with Warhol being as weird as he was, right? Like he was probably pretty nerdy. Probably mm-hmm. into comics. Yeah. Because like he definitely wasn't like. Well, obviously, he was a huge fan of right of, like, a, big, of a big popular right. Time. Yeah, but That's he. Kinda... So his he made some weird movies, but his most famous one, and I guess the one that. Uh, had caused the most um, critical acclaim. Yeah. It, it actually influenced people. Was the 1966 uh, film Chelsea Girls, where it's actually two films kind of projected at once. It's split screen, uh, and it shows two separate storylines happening at the cool. same time. And there's an alternating soundtrack as well. Uh, and part of the movie is in black and white. Part of it's in color. It will alternate both sides, I believe. So it's not just one continuous. Dude, honestly, that would start to give me like. So do you, you watch Rick and Morty, right? Yes. There's that episode where it's like a... Mm-hmm. And that's how... That's that same style. And it is really jarring. But, you know, it would also have like an alternating soundtrack. And it starred Nico, who was in the Velvet Underground for oh, like that one album. I thought of um, Nico that I went to high school with. Uh, I, don't, I don't know any Nico's. That was... It threw me off. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Have you... You know, you've heard Nico. You've yeah, heard yeah, album, yeah. Right? yeah. But it's... Worded name association. Hey Nico, hope you listen. <laughs> so Steve, tell Nico to listen. This is a good transition to music. So, you know, he actually managed the Velvet Underground. I didn't know this. Yeah, like that's I did know that for some reason. Well, I, I knew that he did the album cover, but I didn't realize he. I mean, he managed them. I mean, he also produced that album, right. but by produced, he just like gave he it money. money he him, basically yeah. paid for all the studio I just listened time. to them today. Was yeah, I was listening on the ride home just to get myself in the mood. Uh, but I, I, I love. Please, please wait until I leave your house. I love Lou Reed. He's yeah, great. I mean, yeah, I, dope. I was really sad when he died. But uh, so he produced the Velvet Underground and Nico, and he found them, um, and he actually incorporated them into his multimedia show, The Exploding Plastic Inevitable, and it was uh, him along with a couple artists, mm-hmm. and it would be uh, a couple of his films playing and some artwork, and the music would be kind of like the sound the yeah. soundtrack to it it was like a multimedia experience that's cool and you know during that time of that you know exploding plastic inevitable he had them record their first album or their first album with him i guess yeah and he brought along nico because he was infatuated with her and she did a bunch of songs on, on the album as well he also did a bunch of other classic album covers he did rolling stones uh, sticky fingers so it's like the, the big old like dig bulge Ooh, you know how they got that sticky finger right i don't think it's they're eating candy. <laughs> what you don't know is candy is the name of oh god, <laughs> Mick big Jagger's big, girlfriend, big dick bulge, and also um, <laughs> Lo- love you live. So that's a live album from the eighties right. where it's just the album cover is Jagger's face biting a hand. It's like these weird saturated yeah, colors, yeah, yeah. like green and yellows and oranges. Um, 
And he also did the cover for Aretha Franklin's self-titled Aretha oh. in the 80s. R.I.P. R.I.P. In peace. <laughs> and it's um, it, it's just her face. It's a really beautiful portrait. Yeah. Uh, and it's really touching. And one of the few just like not super out there things that he's done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just her. And obviously he did the yellow banana right. uh, for the Velvet Underground Nico. Uh, he also strongly influenced David Bowie. This is not shocking to me. No. And he, he made the song Andy Warhol off Hunky Dory, which, which I've heard and it's fine yeah it's, so that's it's not fine. my favorite, it's that's not not my favorite album of his but but same i mean they can't all be they can't they Ziggy can't Stardust. all be Ziggy Stardust, yeah. but uh but we actually played andy warhol in the like mid 90s film basquiat dude bowie was a pretty good actor yeah he was uh what's that what's the my labyrinth birth. right yeah it's one of my favorites it's a classic also in zoolander <laughs> oh my god Zoola- the zoolander podcast everyone hello hello welcome to our zoolander fan, fan cast uh so zoo pander <laughs> we, we, oh my God! What you just make an amazing podcast name and and I now did. someone's gonna steal it I from us? I need to trademark that shit. Wow! All right, fuck that was really good. <laughs> so we talked about his factory. So his factory was just the name of his studios. And right. He, there were three different iterations of the factory. It was okay. Between 1962 and 1984, again 22 years of just debauchery, and they were all in, <laughs> they were all in New York. Um, and so the original factory was on the fifth floor of um, of Midtown, you know, Forty Seventh Street. Right. Uh, and he he rented for a hundred dollars a year. Dude, could you imagine? I mean, I know in the sixties that wasn't like, like super cheap, but that's a yeah. hundred dollars a year to be in Midtown. Jesus. Like, yeah, that 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 like place probably cost like ten k to rent, like a whole space oh. like that. Oh, I could probably more than that. Like a month. <laughs> like it's wild shit. Yeah. But the the actual building was torn down in sixty seven for a new apartment building, probably for major money. And so he had to move, and he moved down um, down toward the Union Square, and he moved into the Decker Building, and that was actually the, the place where he got shot. That okay. was that was that time frame for the um, for the factory. So he decorated his first factory, and, and I believe also for the second one for like a couple of years, he decorated in some pretty weird stuff like silver, fractured mirrors, yeah. tin foil. Like he wanted real glittery, real glittery I, stuff. I feel like I have actually seen pictures of that before. I think I had. Well, so you mentioned uh, you mentioned the story about. Uh, him getting shot yeah and that actually goes down really well in american horror story and like they depict that and it's really accurate to what you're okay to what you're describing and you can see part of it it looks silvery and pretty cool basically designed it to be super friendly to amphetamine users (laughs) like it's (laughs) basically for speedheads oh shit the tinfoil yeah so you know they were just a big constant party but right but they were also where he worked. Like they were literal factories where he had employees come in and make silk screens under his direction. So he'd have a design and have silk screens made, and he yeah. it was an assembly line, and he made that's, a shitload like of money. That's pretty off cool, it. like yeah. to make it. He'd make twenty k off of one running. Jesus, and just a day's work, twenty k right there. And the people he brought in were just his buds. Like they were his. Right. They were adult performers. They were drag queens, socialites. Drug addicts, musicians, and just general free thinkers, and he, right. he called them the Warhol superstars, who are also his workers. Which is <laughs> pretty funny, cool. but yeah, yeah. It's, well, it is awesome. I mean, he he, was, he he had the personality to do that. Yeah, and he brought together like a disparate group. Yeah, uh, which I think was really cool that he had the the charisma um, to bring everyone together. To bring everyone together, and yeah. the, these a lot of people who were shunned from con, I, I'm going to say conventional, conventional society. society yeah. And he was such a big name that like, it was a safe space. Exactly, so this is really cool. Yeah, I mean, and they were they were doing all in the in the name of art, so they were art workers. Right. And it's unfortunate that he had to be a big name to have a face, safe yeah, space. Yeah, that's true. Sixties. 
but they were also the subject of subjects of his art. Like they yeah. acted in his movies, and I mean, he did a lot of pretty dirty films. Like they're pretty pornographic. Honestly. Yeah, they're they're very pornographic. Uh, maybe probably over half of them, and yeah. a lot of them would star in it. And you know, some examples of people that were part of his Warhol superstars. And again, these are like the highlighted names. There's a yeah, bunch. Yeah, there's of tons of people them. that would come through. Nico, obviously, uh, Basquiat. David Bowie, Brian Jones from the uh, Rolling Stones makes before sense. he passed away. Yeah, uh, Madonna in the eighties. Yeah, it makes sense. Liza Minnelli, of course, also makes sense. Uh, Paul Morrissey, the, the dude. I bet film, that would be an interesting guy. conversation. I uh, know she's she's seen a lot in her life. Um, oh, and, I, yeah, and of course Velvet Underground. Right, and you you would have people come through on a much less frequent basis, like Salvador Dali and Alan Ginsberg, who I absolutely love his poetry. Yeah, he's fantastic. And Bob Dylan would come through as well. Just Bob Dylan just there with his acoustic guitar. While there's like orgies having the background. <laughs> yeah, just like, I could write a song about this. <laughs> against the wind. <laughs> well, against the wind. But he's just gargling because that's how he sings. So it's more like... Dude, what are you doing? <laughs> Do you have my hand? No, no, the voice. Just stop it. It's that's Bob, Bob Dylan. Dylan. That's a terrible Bob Dylan impersonation. You're right. I need to gargle... Right. No, oh no, no that's right, uh, no more. That's Bruce so, Springsteen. So Bill, let's let's talk about his uh, his personal life. So jumping off the orgies, <laughs> you can't talk about Andy Warhol without talking about sexuality. Mm-hmm. He was one of the most prominent openly uh, homosexual celebrity figures of this era, mm-hmm. uh, if not the most prominent. I'm yeah, kind of thinking. I think he probably was at the time. So in inter- interviews, he intimated that he was a virgin, citing a preference for more voyeuristic. voyeuristic and masturbatory predilections. Which during those like raging orgies, that's what he would do. He would creep right. people that didn't know him that well that would come through creeped out by because he would just be in the periphery just, just jerking like, it. Just jerking. Bap, 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 bap. Just artwork. Um, it probably no, it, did view it, it, it as art. It's, just, it's art to yeah. him, I guess. I but multiple of his lovers have come forward to refute that claim, um, saying that he was actually a vulnerable person who put up defenses to protect his privacy. Like I know one of them specifically said, we had sex to orgasm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, I'm just no, I'm, I'm just like this is a lot of detail. Like, well, I mean, <laughs> no, but it's important because but it's important. Well, you, you mentioned the point uh, in the notes at least of him being vulnerable, and that that's just a way for him to get around that, right? Because like in interviews, he Reflection. he would let other people speak for him, or he would just respond with like, um, yes. Also, um, super pretentious, no. by the way. Oh, oh my it's God. super fucking pretentious. I think that was I'm su- part of it. I'm surprised he wasn't like lifted up and carried everywhere. That's just so shitty. It's <laughs> on a fucking... Um, a fucking throne or whatever. Throne. Yeah, that's not uh, the word I wanted, but yeah. <laughs> His partner of 12 years, Jed Johnson, also like kind of refuted that. And then he actually achieved fame as an interior designer. That's um, cool. Later in life. So that's, yeah, that's pretty cool. Like His sexuality absolutely influenced his work, like you were saying. A lot of his paintings were erotically charged paintings of the male form, mm-hmm. um, and they actually would be banned from right. uh, various galleries because they were just like absolutely not. And well, e- even his more mainstream ones, when you think about Sticky Fingers album cover right. and and even Velvet Underground's album cover, it's just a banana. Yeah, and you can peel it and it's a it's like a skin colored banana and it looks just like a penis. Yeah. And it's well, and like Big Jagger bite in the hand. Yeah, like, yeah, they're all very erotically charged images. Right, and he also did a lot of portraits as well too. Um, no, you mentioned Liza Minnelli. Yeah, Judy Garland, Elizabeth Taylor. Like, these are all icons in the uh, gay community. Yeah, and then obviously he's really sexual. Like, that, I want to mention the, the Blowjob Blow movie. And... My Hustler, Lo- Lonesome Cowboys. Um, they all drew heavily on underground gay culture and uh, explore 
themes of sexuality and desire. Why are you laughing when I say Lonesome Cowboys? Because no. did you think of <laughs> Brokeback Mountain? Yeah, I knew exactly what you were thinking of. No, it's it's he's influential, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, um. his films actually often premiered uh, in gay porn theaters, uh, including the new Andy Warhol Garrick Theater and the Fifty Fifth Street Playhouse. It's hmm. pretty cool. So I think part of why he was real private about his like virginity or uh, right. or lack thereof is because he was super religious as well. Uh, we, yeah, yeah. So we mentioned earlier that he was a devout when he was a kid. He was a devout Ruthenian Catholic, but actually that continued into adulthood. And it's all his family members have come forward and say that. But also, so have other people, right? Like people who were superstars. He regularly volunteered at homeless shelters in New York City. Um, this was partially due to like fulfilling that duty of his faith. Right. His later works depicted some religious subjects, uh, including details of Renaissance paintings in 84 and The Last Supper in 18, or 18, 1986. Right. Uh, he went to St. Vincent Ferrer, uh, which is a Roman Catholic church in the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Uh, the priest said that Warhol attended Mass almost daily, but he didn't take communion or go to confession and remained in the back pew. Yeah, I probably a guilt thing honestly well and that's actually what the priest said um he said that he th- he always believed that warhol was self-conscious uh because he did the eastern right uh crossing right to left rather than the roman right crossing left to Which right is what i do yeah Man. i don't cross because i'm methodist and if we're being honest i'm probably nothing <laughs> sorry mom and dad <laughs> you know so let's let's shift away from his religion and let's go yeah. to him as like just like the quirkiness of him because yeah. he was he's real a little weird a little weird um, did you get to read this list? Not all of it, but it's great wild, right? Because it's fucking buck wild. So he was a big collector, and I'm going to fucking call it now. Andy Warhol was a hoarder. Yeah, I mean, looking at that list of stuff. Well, not even just the list. I mean, just how many boxes did he have? 641 boxes were found in his townhouse. His four-story townhouse, mind you, in in New York. And then in a storage unit as well. Mm. Oh man, dude, he was, he, and he just called he and all his friends called it Andy stuff. Dude, it's like the TLC hoarder show. Like, it's, it's, it's he was a fucking right hoarder, dude. Yeah, well, what was in it? What was in the so stuff? So it goes from like kind of mundane stuff to like a Coca Cola memorabilia sign, which I think like most collectors have, right? Um, and then you have like 19th century paintings, which like he was rich. Yeah, and yeah. then you have airplane menus. That's a weird thing. That's a very weird thing. Unpaid invoices. Okay, where who paid those? <laughs> right. Oh, Andy Warhol didn't pay this. Fuck it. <laughs> all right, let's. Uh, we win. It's all done. Maybe that's how he kept all his money. Yeah, probably. But pizza dough. Yeah, that's what the fuck. What? That's weird. Uncooked, cooked or uncooked? I I don't know. I'm assuming uncooked. I, I'm assuming uncooked crust, as well. Right? It's, huh? Pornographic pulp novels. Not shocking. No, not at all. But also newspapers too. Right? Newspapers. Like that's not shocking. People collect papers for like different events. He also collected stamps, didn't he? Stamps. Also not weird. Supermarket flyers. A little weird. But he, okay. just want, he needed the coupons. May, no, no, maybe he used it as inspiration, though. Honestly. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Also, yeah. maybe he needs some coupons. Oh, coupons. Uh, He's got to go to Acme. Got to go to Acme. Use his coupons. Get his Eagles uh, discount. He also he also got the um, the, th- the cookie jars. Cookie right? jars. Cookie, cookie, cookie like, jars. That's not unusual. Um, George Bellows' 1906 painting, Miss Bentham, which is have you seen it? It's mm. fucking gorgeous. Yeah. Well, he it, just kept it like it's it's in just it's a somewhere. nude side portrait it's in like a british museum now because they're like what the fuck this is just like collecting dust in his collection next to his yes signs and like just surrounded by newspapers and news and fucking supermarket pamphlets like what are you doing anymore you're an art guy so sad um over 40 wigs honestos so he wore wigs i didn't know that (laughs) that's interesting these were like his favorite pieces this he had them 
sewn by a New York wig maker with hair imported from Italy. That's weird. That's weird shit. Is That's Italian weird. hair better than American hair? I guess hair? it is. Better than the rest of What the fuck? That's weird, man. That's weird. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to shame, but that one's got me weird. Like, yeah. I don't get that. No, no, no. It's just like, I have to have Italian hair. Right. That's the thing. Nothing wrong with wigs, but like, no, I need the fun? fact that but I need Italian, Italian hair. hair. It's like, I can only have green man. I just imagine him just jerking it while saying that. Like, I need Italian <laughs> hair. I need like, Italian weird hair. Weird shit, dude. That is so, all right. <laughs> too, too, too far. Too far. I'm editing that out. <laughs> Are you? I don't know. You have to listen to it later. <laughs> um... So in 85, a girl snatched a wig off of his head, and later in the day he wrote in his diary, I don't know what held me back from pushing her over the balcony. That's pretty good. <laughs> so funny, That's what an overreaction. <laughs> well, <laughs> what, what, what's, what's, the, what's the piece piece de resistance? What is it? Piece de resistance. Oh, God, that should be edited out. Yeah. <laughs> is a mummified foot from ancient Egypt. Yeah. What? Where did he find that? Like... So the curator of anthropology at the Carnegie Museum of Natural History said, he thinks he found it in a flea market. What? I've never what? found anything anywhere near that interesting what? anywhere at a flea market. I want, I, I can't even fucking, I don't have words right now. <laughs> My arms are, I'm gesticulating. I don't even think I pronounced the word fucking correctly because <laughs> I'm so fucking worked up. This mummified fucking foot from ancient goddamn Egypt. Do you think he knew? Oh, yeah, I think he absolutely fucking knew. I think he was like, that's going to be my fucking... Jerking it was. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a weird guy, man. Who has a mummified foot? Would you buy it? No, fuck no. Dude, I might. Dude, fuck no. That's such a power move. Like, I, I, own, I own a piece of a human. <laughs> dude, this haunted as shit. Like, fuck that, man. No. Oh, fuck, dude. Maybe that's uh, why he died. Maybe well, he was haunted. Well, he died at a young age. Didn't he? That's I mean, what I'm saying. He was 58, right? Yeah. Yeah. He died in... Um, February 22nd, 1987, at 58. Um, he had had gallbladder surgery. Um, for, he had some recurring issues. Right, um, from the gunshot? No, no, no. He actually had like, gallbladder issues. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. And uh, in his sleep during post-op, he got arrhythmia, which is uh, oh, a regular yeah. heartbeat. Yeah. And he died. Um, it's really sad. Yeah. His family actually sued New York Hospital for malpractice. They cited improper care and water intoxication. So too much water? Yeah. Wow. Like water poisoning. That's but so sad. Yeah. They actually settled out of court for an undisclosed amount. Doctors thought he would survive the surgery. Like, they were like, oh, you're good to go. Like, we're just get that fucking zip, zip, snap out and of there. get out of the door. Um, so they actually reevaluated the surgery about 30 years later. And it shows that it was riskier than they thought at the time um, due to his family history of gallbladder problems. The previous gunshot wound, like, he was in right. ill health. And... He's just he had poor health because of the gallbladder sur- like issues before that. Right. So it was like I think it was something like a twenty percent chance. Oh, that's of survival. So, it's just so sad, man. It is sad because yeah. he's he's iconic. He was very yeah. talented. No more orgies. <laughs> they don't have orgies in heaven. Well, maybe they do if it's heaven. I keep going, Bill. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they held an open coffin wake, uh, which was at Thomas P. Kunzak. Kunzak? Kunzak. I don't know. Funeral home. Is that um, in Pittsburgh or New York? It was in Pittsburgh. Gotcha. Um, his brothers came and got him and took him back to Pittsburgh. Right. Um, this is so him. Okay. Solid bronze casket with gold-plated rails nice. and white upholstery. Nice. Dude, white upholstery like a caddy. Yep. It's nice. Yep. He was dressed in a black cashmere suit, 
paisley tie, platinum wig, wig and sunglasses. For some reason, oh I, yeah, I know that image. I've seen he, I, I've seen him in platinum wigs now. Okay, yeah. I not I knew definitely with the wigs. sunglasses on. That's funny. And also like great that that's how he like this is what I want. Yep. And then he was laid out with a small prayer book in uh, red rose. That's nice. That's really nice. Yeah. yeah, I don't have a goof there. No, we shouldn't have a goof there. Uh, the funeral was at Holy Ghost Byzantine Church on Pittsburgh's north side. Uh, the eulogy was given by Monsignor Peter Tay. Okay. Uh, the, and then speakers were Yoko Ono, fucker. And actually, don't. That's how the Beatles got broken up. <laughs> oh my God, Bill. I, I can't claim credit for that joke. Honestly, a uh, guy at work said it today when I was just talking about this. Oh, okay. Well, but that, that's really. Guy at work, good job, man. Good job, <laughs> Justin. If you ever actually listen to the fucking podcast, you could enjoy your shout out, you dick. God bless you, General Groover. God bless you. So, and then it was also given by Sir John Patrick Richardson, um, who's an art historian and a Picasso biographer. They were friends. Okay. And then the coffin was covered in white roses and asparagus ferns. Probably smelled weird. Like pee. Like like ammonia. I don't like asparagus. I mean, I like asparagus. I asparagus. It tastes good, but it smells terrible. Yeah, it smells like piss. <laughs> well. So, so where was he buried, though? He wasn't buried there, was he? No. Um, he was actually buried at... St. John the Baptist Byzantine Catholic Cemetery in Bethel Park, which is a suburb south of uh, Pittsburgh. Gotcha. Um, actually, my brother has been there before. Come on, Mom. For a... We should go. See uh, the grave. For a... Uh, not that they weren't at the grave. Oh, we should go see the grave. Oh, well, yeah, I guess. We could do that. We have lots of places to travel. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we keep saying this. At the burial, Mor- mourner Paige Powell uh, dropped these like a couple items in the grave, and one was a copy of Interview Magazine. Mm-hmm. One was an interview t-shirt, and the other was a bottle of Estee Lauder Beautiful perfume. Hmm. Uh, I thought this was nice. He was buried next to his mother and father. I don't know how like close he was with them later in life, but I like to think, like if there was buried beside him, like, yeah, I like to think, I think that too. we're in touch. Um, and then the memorial service was held in Manhattan on April 1st, 1987 at St. Pat's Cathedral. Have you ever been there? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's fucking gorgeous, yeah. man. Um so I thought we'd have more goofs. Yeah, well, you know, I think we had a couple goofs. I mean, your masturbation sounds, which I think I'm going to keep in now. Oh, but no. they, they, Yeah. My parents listen I hope to all this. your future employers look at this and say, hmm. Well, I'm never going to get hired anywhere else. <laughs> cool. Dude. I'm also um, going to be forever single. <laughs> I mean, this podcast, that'll, that'll do it to you. That'll make you single, Bill. Oh, fuck my life. Um, I think that's I think that's about it, Bill. I mean, yeah, yeah I think so. I mean, thank, we, we covered it. Yeah, thank, thank you guys for listening. Um, we love you. Definitely love us, love def- us back. Definitely love us back. Love my life. Give us reviews on iTunes. Shout out to the person that yeah. anonymously lit, left their review. Thank you for our, our singular singular review. We really appreciate it. <laughs> give me more. Uh, give me more. Yeah. Get your friends to listen and review. <laughs> this is how we get exposure. Uh, so, you know, we're also available on, on Spotify. We're available on iTunes. Um, and if you like it, again, share on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And also make sure to subscribe so you don't ever miss any yeah. future episodes. If you're a new listener, I don't know why you jump on an episode eight, but whatever. Yeah, anywhere. Um, give you our social media. We're the Uncommonwealth, all one word podcast on Facebook. Don't put in all one word in the search bar. You won't. It won't make sense. Mm-mm, nope. No. Um, on Twitter, we're at Uncommonwealth P. On Instagram, we're Uncommonwealth Podcast. And you can email us at uncommonwealthpodcast at gmail.com. But probably the other three are the easiest and best ways to get a hold of us. All right, Bill. So, what's our uh, our town name? So, I have two because we already kind of talked about one. Okay. Um, one was uh, burnt cabins. Burnt. Oh yeah, we talked about that. We already talked about episode. Um, 
So if you if you are a new listener jumping on now, go back and listen to Penn's Creek, and you'll be informed. Some, the some, more you know. Some <laughs> shit, some shitty Quakers burning stuff up, right? Exposing the Quaker lie every day, Exposing man. Exposing the Quaker lie. Uh, I just I'm in the streets of Philadelphia banging my drum saying Quakers are bullshit. Quakers eat ass. Quakers are bullshit. Fuck the Quakers. Quakers burn cabins. Quakers don't love Buttsy Ross until the shoe's dead. Quakers. 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 Bad. Did you did you just say Quakers eat ass? That's like the second thing you said there. <laughs> I would never say that. Oh my god! <laughs> so that's Burnt Creek. That's a pretty solid name. What's our, what's our second one for? Our that, second one's not like super funny, but it's California PA. That's bullshit. Do you want? No, no, no. It's just, it's just funny. Like they named that. I if I recall, they named it after like the California Gold Rush. Yeah, but that's exactly what it was. But they're like, oh, that's a cool thing that's happening currently. Let's name a town after it. Do you that's think bullshit? Do you think when they heard Tupac? They're like California, California love. love. We're a relevant town again. Yes. Yeah. There's a college there, isn't there? What? There's a college there. Is there a college in California? There's, yeah, I think there's like a California. Yeah, there's a college there. I mean, shout out if you've been there, but if you don't, California University of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, did, did was there any, was there any gold in the town? What? No. Like, they just, they, they, they so just thought it was cool and it would get people to come. Name. It's bullshit. Hey, it's advertisement, we, just we like should, Greenland and Iceland. We, we should rename um, our, our town here that we live in, North Wales. We should rename it New New York. Let's How about that? Not. That's bullshit. How about Las Las Vegas? How about Los Las Vegas? You want to start a town and call it New Amsterdam? <laughs> I'm sure there's a billion of them nowadays, but... Yeah, yeah dude. Do you want to call it... Fuck California. What a stupid-ass town name. Honest Bill? Honest Bill? Honest Bill? Oh, boy. Um, okay. I think that's about it for today. I think we're it? done, man. All right. Well, well, as always, thank you for listening. Yeah, you guys, uh, you're the light of my life. I've got nothing else outside of this. Work is work. Is work. Life, Love life is dead. This is getting deep, Bill. I just, I need you guys so much. <laughs> I don't, I don't ever leave me. Don't, don't you ever leave me. Oh, no. my God. No, too loud. I'm not putting that in there. Was it too much? Is it creepy? It's too loud. (laughs) Don't you ever leave me. I'll be dead without you. But seriously, share the podcast. We really appreciate your support. Um, Without you guys, we wouldn't do this. Well, we might because we like to hear ourselves talk. But um, get us that good, good sponsor money. Yeah. I need that Blue Apron money. Yeah. I need Zip Recruiter. Uh, Well, well, thank you, everyone. Thanks, guys. This has been Honest Thoughts. This has been Bill. And we've been the Uncommon Podcast. Bye. Thank you.